1: Today is Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. On this day in 1881, President James Garfield was shot by Charles J. Guiteau. Garfield would survive another 79 days before succumbing to his bullet wounds. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the assassination of President James Garfield by Charles Guiteau. Let's go back to the morning of July 2nd, 1881 at the Baltimore and Potomac Railroad Station in Washington, D.C. At around 9.15 a.m., 39-year-old Charles Guiteau arrived at the bustling train station with a loaded 44 British Bulldog revolver nestled in his pocket. He watched as early-morning travelers prepared to depart Washington, D.C., taking advantage of the July 4th holiday. For weeks, Charles had one thing on his mind — murder. When President Garfield won the 1880 election, Guiteau felt like he'd played a pivotal role in the campaign. It was only right that he be rewarded for the hard work he did. But Charles never got his reward, and he was constantly rebuffed at the White House. Guiteau came to the realization that Garfield and members of his cabinet were a cancer in Washington. Their moderate Republican beliefs didn't align with the more radical ones of Vice President Chester A. Arthur. If Guiteau were to eliminate Garfield and elevate Arthur, perhaps he would finally get what he was owed. A few minutes after Guiteau arrived at the train station, he watched as a carriage pulled up to the front steps. The door opened and out walked President James Garfield, Secretary of State James G. Blaine, Secretary of War Robert Todd Lincoln, and Garfield's teenage sons Harry and Jim. As the men made their way to the front doors, Garfield paused and turned to a nearby police officer named Patrick Kearney. He asked Kearney how long until his train departed, and Kearney responded, about 10 minutes, sir. With a nod and a salute, Garfield disappeared inside the Baltimore and Potomac Station. Kearney couldn't wait to tell his family that night that he had spoken with the President of the United States. He was so distracted in joy, he didn't even notice Charles Guiteau stalking behind the President. Garfield and his entourage entered the waiting room, readying themselves to head to their train. None of them had any idea that Guiteau was near them or that his hand clutched the bulldog in his pocket. Guiteau knew he couldn't waste any time. A month ago, he was in this very same situation, the president in his crosshairs. But when he saw the first lady by Garfield's side, Guiteau got cold feet. He couldn't bear the idea of the first lady watching her husband die before her eyes. But today, today was different. It was now or never. Guiteau pushed his way through the crowd, his eyes trained on Garfield. By the time he got to within three feet, he brandished the 44 bulldog, aimed and fired. Garfield was stunned by the impact, confused by what had suddenly struck him. He proclaimed, My God, what is that? As he turned, Guiteau fired again. The impact of the second bullet sent Garfield to the ground. As chaos overcame the train station, Guiteau knew he needed to run, to escape. He quickly pushed his way through the crowd and made his way towards the front doors. He was on the verge of freedom, on the cusp of becoming a national hero. All he needed was a few more steps. All of a sudden, he felt a sharp pain run through his neck. He was suddenly unable to move. A ticketing agent had grabbed him by the wrist and scruff of his neck, locking him into submission. The ticketing agent yelled, Here he is, officer. This is the man who shot the president. Seconds later, Officer Patrick Kearney arrived and put shackles on Guiteau. He tried to wriggle himself free, but Kearney was too strong. Finally, with a deep breath, he looked into Kearney's eyes and calmly said, I want to go to jail. Coming up we'll dive into the life of Charles Guiteau and the aftermath of July 2nd.
0: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details.
1: Now back to the story. On July 2nd, 1881... 39-year-old Charles Guiteau shot 49-year-old President James Garfield at the Baltimore and Potomac Railroad Station in Washington, D.C. But neither of his bullets killed Garfield instantly. Instead, Garfield spent the next 79 days in agony, while his eccentric assassin awaited his freedom. Charles Guiteau was never one to think rationally. Everything he did was in the service of achieving some kind of personal wealth or fame, especially the wealth. After toiling the country as a two-bit lawyer and a con artist, he decided during the election of 1880 that he was going to get involved in politics. He believed that he was on a mission from God to help the Republicans keep the White House. Whether Guiteau actually believed in the platform is up for debate, but in early 1880, he found himself siding with former President Grant and the Stalwarts. The Stalwarts were a radical faction of the GOP who wanted to keep punishing the South for the Civil War and enjoyed the spoils system, rewarding friends with positions in government. Unfortunately, Grant didn't win the nomination. Instead, the more moderate James Garfield, a man known for his integrity, was placed on the ballot. But as a compromise, stalwart Chester A. Arthur was named vice president. Undeterred by this setback, Guiteau decided to help Garfield. In November, James Garfield won the presidency, and Charles Guiteau, who made only a couple of campaign speeches in New York, convinced himself that he'd played a significant role in securing the win. So, during the transitional period, he began to hover around powerful New York Republicans in the hopes that he would be rewarded with a position in the Garfield administration. He particularly liked the sound of ambassador to Austria. In the early months of Garfield's presidency, no position was given to Guiteau. Several times from March to May 1881, he went to the White House unannounced and demanded his appointment, but none ever came. After a particularly heated exchange between himself and Secretary of State James Blaine, Guiteau became convinced that the moderate Republicans were a problem. Since Garfield was the one in power, he would have to be eliminated so that the more radical, Chester A. Arthur, would take control. Then Guiteau would be rightfully rewarded. After weeks of planning, Charles finally had his chance on July 2, 1881. Only four months into his administration, James Garfield was shot twice in the back at the Baltimore and Potomac train station. As Charles tried to make his escape, he was captured and thrown in jail. As he sat in his jail cell awaiting his trial, Charles Guiteau was convinced that he would soon be heralded as a hero for killing a tyrant and that General William Tecumseh Sherman, the man who scorched the South during the Civil War, was on his way to rescue him. But James Garfield hadn't died from his wounds that day. Instead, he lasted another 79 days before finally perishing on September 19, 1881. But those 79 days were some of the most painful days any president has ever gone through. Garfield didn't die from the bullets, but rather infection and sepsis. Much of this has to do with the fact that none of the doctors who attended Garfield sterilized their hands or equipment when operating on Garfield. Sterilization was a recent discovery that most doctors, especially in America, didn't believe in. They rejected studies that claimed it helped fight against bacteria. So while doctors poked and prodded Garfield's wounds, they were using dirty fingers and instruments, effectively making Garfield suffer. Many historians, most notably Candice Millard, attribute Garfield's death more to medical malpractice than Guiteau's bullets. It's believed that, given the location of the bullet wounds, if doctors had employed proper sterilization, Garfield could have survived. Instead, for 79 days, he suffered in agony before finally dying. Meanwhile, Charles Guiteau finally went to trial in November of 1881, and it was the media sensation of the era For two long months, the courthouse was packed with angry citizens demanding justice. Many feared that Guiteau would get off with the insanity defense, especially as he continued to proclaim it was his mission from God to shoot the president and save the country. But the jury didn't buy it. On January 25, 1882, the jury declared him guilty after spending only an hour deliberating. Charles Guiteau waited another six months before his execution. And in that time, he was still convinced that he would be saved. He wrote appeals to the courts and to now-president Chester A. Arthur. In one of his letters to Arthur, Guiteau proclaimed that if it wasn't for him, Arthur wouldn't even be president. The least Arthur could do was grant him a pardon. But no pardon ever came. And on June 30th, 1882, Charles Guiteau was finally led to the gallows. In front of a thousand spectators, he sang a song of his own writing and verses from Matthew chapter 10. When he was finished, the black hood went over his head and the trap door opened. To thunderous cheers and applause, Charles Guiteau dangled from the gallows pole, The man who shot President James Garfield was dead. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more information about the assassination of James Garfield, check out our episode of Assassinations that dives deeper into the story. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Joe Guerra, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson.